0: Good morning, everyone. How are you doing today? It is Saturday, January 22nd. And yes, this is our 8 a.m. live stream. We go ahead and answer any of your questions. We say hello to each other. We generally just have a good time. So I uh, hope you're having a wonderful Saturday. If it's uh, early for you, I hope you're enjoying your coffee. If it's late for I hope you had a, a great morning. So uh, let's see. Um, Got a couple of topics that I thought I would lead off on, maybe talk about or riff on for maybe the first 10 minutes. If you'd like to say hello, uh, do me a favor. uh, You can leave a comment there. Go ahead and ask your questions. But as always, do me a favor. Hit that like button uh, and always subscribe. If you like the daily financial news, subscribe. If you like Saturday live streams, subscribe. If you like eight multimillionaires talking to you every week, You got it. Subscribe to the channel. We are different than every other YouTube channel out there. Not only do I do this business, but I bring you eight other experts that bring you this business, just like the lumberjack landlord who said hello. So we are different. We are doing the work. We are here to help. So do us a favor, like, subscribe, comment, share, share, share. We have a goal of helping a million people over the next several decades in order to do that. You got it. I need your help. Um, like, comment, share early in all the videos. It helps the algorithm. But the biggest thing you can do for us is share on Facebook, Instagram, things of that nature. Let's say good morning to the folks that joined already. Lumberjack, how you doing? Chester, good morning. Dion, good morning. Better Home Rental, good morning. And John Doe, good morning. Uh, Blast that like button. You got it, guys. Thank you very much. Hey, one of the first things I want to do is... um, if you don't know, I actually now offer a mentoring option, right? One of the things that uh, I didn't want to do for a long time is sell more of my time in chunks. I didn't want to do that. Enough of you asked. I have done it. It has been a total blast since doing it. So thank you for the push. Uh, but I want to catch you up on a topic that I had yesterday and give you some color. And just so you know, Jeffrey's asking, I actually happen to have Sunny in my lap. He's pretty tired, so he's going to he's going to chill out in my lap. Um, But I wanted to talk about something that I had from a mentoring session yesterday. Just broad brush. Um, So let's just say, for example, you are in your 40s or above. Uh, You have spent the last couple of decades, you know, uh, having a family, uh, doing what is right, meaning 401k -hmm. and matching and all of that. And you've built up a nest egg of, I don't know, pick a number, 500 grand, a million bucks, whatever it is. But you have no assets, meaning no cash flow assets. If you've ever read this book, you actually know what I call that. Anybody remember what I call that? Let's see if, uh, how fast this chat button works. I have, a, I have a particular saying for people that have cash and no assets. Does anybody remember the acronym? Let's see if anybody can guess. I'll give it, uh, I don't know, 20 seconds. It's four letters. Yes, Chester got it. Good job. It is called CRAP. It stands for Cash Rich Asset Poor. Man, you guys are awesome. So again, Cash Rich Asset Poor is, um, is actually a situation that I encountered back in 2010. A lot of my friends were cash rich, right? They liquidated. They got out. They were afraid but they didn't own any assets. We write about this in the book. If you haven't read it, buy the book, write a review, take a selfie, do all that stuff, help us out. But here's the deal, right? Let's say that's you now, wherever you are, right? You've got a bunch of cash. This is what I want you to be careful of. I sometimes see, and I again, I think I wrote about this in my first book. You got a bunch of cash. Let's call it 200 grand. And you want to know if there's a shortcut, right? You now realize you're 48 years old, you've got this cash, you've got to get some assets because you want to be financially free by 60. I'm just making this up as we go along. But here's the deal. A lot of you kind of in that situation are like, hey, uh, I'm going to go to St. Louis or Cleveland or uh, Huntsville or any one of these cheap areas. I'm going to go buy turnkey rentals and I'm going to go buy five at a time, six at a time, eight at a time, right? You've got the capital. It's burning a hole in your pocket. You feel like you're late and you're like, I'm late, but I'm going to shortcut this. That is a big fat no-no in my opinion. Uh, You don't know if you're going to be a good landlord yet. You don't know if you're going to like it. Just because you have the money does not give you permission to shortcut the process. You've got to do the work. You've got to learn your market. You've got to know a good or great deal. You've got to grow your network. you still got to do all of these things that are in the course. Don't risk your hard-earned money by being antsy, by by having it burn a hole in your pocket, by treating the cash that you've worked so hard for incorrectly. If you buy one, and if you really, 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 really have to buy two, I want you to wait six months. You don't know if you're gonna like being a landlord. You don't know if you picked the right area. You don't know if your team was there. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Don't you dare take 200 grand in this example, blow it on 10 properties and then get ripped off because you picked the wrong team. Learn the area, no good or great, only do good or great deals, don't be in a rush. So again, be careful. Now, in the example I've just described, you buy one or two houses. It kind of works out. You've learned some lessons. You still like the area. At some point, get greedy, get aggressive. But that might be a year out. It might be 15 months out. There will be a time where your cash is an asset. But in the beginning it's really a liability. I have seen someone, I think this was, I think this might've been 2015 or 16. So I think it worked out for him, but it was still the wrong strategy. They had call it hundred grand. They knew that I invested in Fresno. They asked for an agent. I knew I gave it to them. They went down for a weekend. Uh, and I talked to him on Monday or Tuesday. I'm like, Hey, how did so-and-so treat you? Did you see any stuff you like? And they said, We wrote five offers, got three deals in escrow. I almost fell over. I think they saw like seven properties or whatever it was. That's not how to do it. Don't treat cash like it's burning a hole in your pocket. So that's where I wanted to start today. Let's go back and see if you guys have any questions. Let's say hi to all you awesome people. Again, like, subscribe, comment, share. Let's see. So who we got here? We got Chester. I think Chester was uh, Jeff. So good morning, Jeff. Oh, where, where are we? Oh, wait. i oh, got to go back. Uh, du, du, du. Last, okay. So good morning, Jeffrey. Good morning, Layla. How are you? Uh, good morning, Victor. Good morning, Dion. Happy Saturday. Yep, yeah, Every day is Saturday. Good morning, Nathan. Oh yeah. Today is Saturday. Yeah. Look at that. It's double Saturday. Uh, good morning, Jeffrey. Got crap. Yep. You guys are awesome. Paying attention. Dan, okay, have a four percent loan on an investment property, locked in a cash out refi at three and a half. That's cool. And was planning to, you know. Ooh, ouch. So you had a lock. the The rate lock expired. Lender didn't tell you. Ooh, ouch. All right, let's see where this goes. Lender has been great in the past, but I'm angry. Then he dropped the ball. The new weight he quoted was four and a quarter. I'm planning on not doing a new rate. Agree or no? I think you're saying not, not to do another rate lock, I think is what you're saying. Um, which probably cost you some money. Um, I don't know. I don't know how long you're, you're... I don't know how close you are to closing. I don't know any of those things. Um... But, yeah, as we heard from Matt, the mortgage guy, investor loans are over four now. Man, that was fast, wasn't it? Oof, that was fast. Um, I think we've seen most of the run-up. Yeah, I mean, it certainly would have been nice for him to tell you to, to renew that rate lock. But, yeah, can't uh, can't cry over spilt milk. So, yeah, I agree, Dan. I mean, it's still, uh, still risky, right? But I think that's... Yeah. I think that's fair. I would do that. Yeah. Invest to wealth. Good morning. Oh, I was only doing cash out refi for dry power and not immediate. Yeah, me too. That's what I did. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Oh, so are you telling me the rate lock on the refi expired? Have a 4% loan on an investment prop locked in a cash out refi at three and a half. Oh, so you're saying maybe you're what you're saying is you don't you're not going to complete the cash out refi because it's four and a quarter. Um, I don't know what 75 basis points on 100 grand over 30 years. What is that like? 70 bucks a month. I, I don't even know. It's probably not that much, actually. I don't know. I, mm, dry powder is always good, I think, in the environment we're going into. I mean, go back and look at the 70s. If the 70s are are any similar to today, owning more properties is better. In worst case, you take the money out a year from now. You just pay off the loan. That's what I'm going to do, right? I've told everybody what I've done. I took out dry powder. If I don't find any deals to use it in two years, uh, I'll just pay off the loans and go back to um, lower LTVs. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Chester, yep. No year before you invest. Yes, please. Hey, Anthony, good morning. Uh, every lender that I've ever used agreed to pay for a new rate lock at the prior rate. Oh, I think I would make that question. I would certainly ask that. Yep. I have to cut out early to help out with cleaning an estate property in the city proper. Oh, that's fun. See if you find any good uh, trinkets, I guess. Three offers in escrow in a weekend. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I can't wait to see the office either. I was hoping to get my painting quote yesterday, but it didn't come in. So uh, I'm hoping to get the place painted, and then I have some big items like a uh, behind me is going to be a bookshelf. Uh, I have a studio to set up. I got cameras coming. Yeah, probably another month, but I am very very excited. Thank you very much, Nathan. Yep, it's going to only get better, and we're going to help more and more people. Good morning, Anna. How are you? Thank you. Uh, I can't hear you right now. Why is that? Can anybody hear me? I would hope more people can hear me. Yeah. Uh, would it make sense to buy points where it makes sense? Where is it? Um, I've... Uh, I've done points a couple of times, only on properties I plan to hold forever. Like the cash out refi I did on my office building. I uh, did points because I was never going to sell it. Uh, But generally speaking, when I talk to Matt, the mortgage guy, uh, paying points, generally speaking, every situation is different. He doesn't recommend it. It's not worth it. Um, However, uh, I have paid points on assets I expect to hold. Let me think. I think all the cash out refis I did this year, no, last year. Gosh, it's 2022. All the cash-out refis I did in 2021, I paid points. Like Stephen Dow from Velocity Mortgage, I did some with him. I paid points on everything because I wanted that lower rate because I planned to hold forever. Yeah, I wanted that 399 baby. Angel, closing on a new investment property this month. Congrats. Already have a small rental portfolio. Congrats. Torn between highest and best use fix and flip or keeping it as rental thoughts? Uh, Obviously, I know nothing about your situation or details. I can only tell you I'm not selling anything next year. I think we are in a environment of extremely low inventory. I think extremely low inventory on top of 40-year mortgage, first-time home buyer programs, all of these things. I think real estate goes up from here. Uh, Again, I am, I did uh, 56 or 57 pride of ownership flips where I bought junk turned it, turned it around and sold it. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm only buying, I'm not selling. Uh, so that's my, that's what I'm doing. Angel. Um, I mean, if you have a million dollars in real estate and it goes up 10%, that's pretty nice. Um, plus you get cash flow and all that stuff. So yeah, dry powder, Anna, that is what I've been talking about on my channel. So for example, I went back to the office building. I took out a hundred grand for example, it's I'm just giving you a number um, and I have no plans for it. So in essence, I'm paying somebody four percent to put a hundred grand in a bank account to wait to sit there to do nothing. It's dry powder. Dry powder gets used when I find a deal. So I'm paying four percent on dry powder. I want to earn eight 10, 12 percent on my money. So if I borrow it for and I earn 12, It's called Positive Carry. I am a happy, happy man. The key to my story and why I keep doing this every day is I tell you what I'm doing. Uh, I told you six months ago, rates were going up. I hope you listened. I think rates go up from here. So if you missed it, you're not done. But um, man, I love it when I'm right. I just love it when I'm right. Because you all remind me when I'm wrong. But yeah, it, uh, it um, it was so awesome to go. Yep, nailed that one, you know. Raised, raised cash balances significantly so we can get um, – so we can take advantage of what we think is going to be st- stress. Yep. Uh, can you go into detail on getting four rentals? Yeah. So first and foremost, I, I believe four rentals change your life. Uh, if you ever only get four rentals, I think your financial future is much, 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 much brighter. Uh, those can be any four rentals. I get this all the time. Does a fourplex count as four? No, it counts as one. I'm really talking about four investment loans. So for residential, it could be 16 units, four times four, right? Four fourplexes. It could be four houses. It could be a mixture. It could be, it could be Matt's... Um, four, three, two, one strategy, right? Which I think is 10 units. So it's any of those questions. And the idea is if you get to four, one a year for four years, one every other year for eight years, and you hold for 20 or 30 years, you have options. First, your tenants have paid off the property most likely, or at least most of it. Rents have gone up and probably doubled. Your mortgage payment, because you got 30-year debt, because that's all I talk about, stayed the same. You now have real, real, real cash flow. You also have options. Let's say you waited 20 years. You could sell one and pay off the other three. You could go do cash-out refis because loans aren't taxable. You have lots and lots of advantages. The reason I talk about four, Nathan, and everybody listening, is it's a number that everyone believes they can get. I hate YouTubers and real estate experts who pound their chest and say, I have 100, 200, 300 units. That's why I so rarely talk about what we have, because I want you to get to four. I don't want you to be mesmerized by a big number and go, I can't do it. I'm trying to help a million people. If I help a million people get one, two, three, or four, there will be generations that can point back to one rental at a time. And I will have achieved my goal of, of living 50 years after I'm dead. That's my goal, right? Why do I do this every day? Because I'm trying to keep content that will live, that will people will watch after I'm dead and gone. And thus I, you know, I think you die twice. Once when your physical body goes, and second when the last person says your name. So I plan to live for a long time, right? So um, that's why I talk about four. Thank you for asking, Nathan. Uh, Michael you afford you use affordability index to avoid GFC level events but do you use it as a gauge of normal overprice point overprice points in real estate cycles GFC GFC get no, I don't know what that is What is GFC let's see urban dictionary Actually tell me what GFC means let me scroll down. I don't know what GFC means. I think I know what it means, but I don't know if that's true. Where are we? Yeah. I'll just talk about it. I'm just, I don't know what GFC means. Um, So Rob, as I wrote about in that book right there, One Rental at a Time, uh, my intention for every investment property I buy is to hold forever. I'm a buy and hold guy. However, if I ever get into an environment where it's overpriced, because again, I look every day and somebody wants to pay a stupid level, I will sell. And as you know, in the book, um, we sold at the peak. I didn't know it was the peak, but I knew it was stupid priced and and we got out and we moved our money around, um, so yeah, I think I understand your question now. So I look at the affordability. It comes out in my market once a month or once a quarter. It doesn't move that fast. Um, but I do, I use green, yellow, red indicators. So it's green most of the time. In my markets on a scale of one to hundred. <coughs> so anything above 25 is green. Uh, 25 to yeah, maybe, maybe 27. Anything above 27 is green. 20 to 27 is yellow actually probably 21 21 to 27 is yellow and 20 is red It is only for my market every market is different Uh, I talked about Bakersfield the other day and I think Bakersfield was like a 48 but the California average was 27 I don't care what Bakersfield is. I don't care what California is. I care what Fresno is Uh, it is a interesting indicator around the country because I have a national audience and now a worldwide audience, but as far as my investment decisions, I use it. I look at it. It's 42 or 43 last time I checked, so uh, it's still affordable. If I can find a good or great deal on a house, I'm buying it. I think apartments are stupid. I sold. I sold. Uh, I sold an 18 unit in late 19 for what I thought was a crazy price. Uh, it's it's gone up since then, but uh, I think it'll be just like Norris Drive. Norris Drive. Look it up. I sold at 265, 264. It goes up to 300. So I sold early, but then it falls all the way to 75. So I'm okay selling early. Okay, cool. You can hear us just fine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jeffrey, you're funny. Studio cameras. Yep. No disco ball. But I will have lights. I bought lights. I bought. um, Light strips so we can add color. Now I'm going to have some fun. If I'm going to have an office, I'm going to have some fun. Yep. On a K- Chester answering the dry powder, I like it. Do you think we might be more similar to 1940s than the 70s, World War II, and pandemic both created supply chain issues, and 1946 was the last rate reversal from going downward to rising rates? I've looked at it a bunch. I uh, I don't think so. The biggest difference for me is the 1940s, we still made stuff. We still had manufacturing. We were not a service-based economy. Uh, the 1940s economy structure, to me, is very different. That's that's what I see. I've, I've had that question a lot. I'm I'm more convinced than ever we're in the 70s. But if we're in the 40s, okay. But yeah, yeah. I think our economic structure was very different in the 40s. But I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting debate. And if somebody really wanted to have it, I'd love to do an interview on it. I think both are interesting. I I actually, the 40s, I don't know. I've talked to people, like I said, on the daily financial news this morning, I've spent some time over the last 48, maybe two and a half days, 48 hours, two days, two and a half days talking to people who were adults, like young adults in the 70s, and they all said it sucked. The economy was slow. People were grumpy. Unemployment was high. You couldn't buy gas. People were crabby. I think that's where we're headed. Good morning, Karen. How are you? Adam, thoughts on California money driving down affordability in our market? How much should we worry about the affordability index? If that is the case, lots of retirees. Uh, So, Adam, I'm guessing you're out of state, I'm guessing. La, I mean, let's talk about Vegas, right? And I talked to Brian Lebo a bunch in Vegas. Uh, there's a lot of California money coming from LA buying housing uh, cash. So there's not really debt that's really hard to compete with. Um, I don't know. I would go back and look at the affordability for your market in 2006. Again, I don't know which market you're in. Uh, I don't. I do not know of any market other than Boise. I think Boise is the one market I have found where the affordability index is lower today than 06. Now I haven't done an extensive search, but Boise, and I think I did a video on this like four months ago. Boise, Boise is concerning. Um, but then I talked to the senior economist in Boise government, and you know unemployment at 2.9 percent or whatever it was. So. Pretty healthy economy, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know how to answer that question. I can tell you when you have a lot of out-of-state cash investors, um, they can change a market because you don't have you. You're not ready for it. I think what's happening in Vegas right now, and the reason Vegas didn't crash in the pandemic, even though, though it's such a service-based economy, is you had a population come in with cash that didn't have to work, right? Or they're YouTube stars like Graham Stefan and they they came for the tax reasons. So they work remotely. So I think you saw some very liquid individuals move into Vegas. And I don't know that that changes. You may you may be setting a new a new floor. But for me, as I've told everyone, is I would definitely go back and compare affordability in 2006, which is arguably the peak in most markets, with where it is today. For example, in Fresno, and I've done a video on this several times, I believe Fresno peaked at 20 or 21. um, And today it's 45. And just so you know, there is plenty of Bay Area money moving to Fresno. So although it's still very California, I would tell you there's tons of Bay Area and L.A. money moving to Fresno. It's one of the reasons Fresno's market is up. Yep. Uh, Rob, uh, 4.625, a good rate on a cash out refi. I mean, that's hard for me to say. Don't know your credit profile. Don't know your DTI. Don't know your down. Don't know any of that. Uh, I can tell you that all investors, uh, to my knowledge, are paying in the fours today. So, yeah, you're actually taking cash out. So that would be a hit as well. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, I don't know how many points you're paying or any of that. But, yeah, it's its not crazy. Uh, not certainly not crazy. Ooh, this is an interesting question. Retiring in April, would you take 300K cash and buy an annuity or buy a rental for cash, assuming cash flow is the same? Wow. Well, I can only answer what I would do. This is not financial advice. I'm not getting trapped into that. Um, I will say this, Nathan, I have already retired and I do not own an annuity. How about that? I believe there's a lot more flexibility, uh, and I can I can use the capital better. I can get discounts, things like that. So yeah, that's my opinion. Again, um, not financial advice. Positive carry is the equivalent of how banks make money via interest spreads. Yeah, plus banks have fractional markets. So they they pay one, let's say, and they lend out at six, but let's not forget they have an eight or a 10 to one ratio. Uh, banks uh banks make a lot of money yep uh with four units do you recommend the same state or location i um let me see if that's mariel 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 lim um yeah for me uh i think if you have like one unit in four cities a you can't manage them b you're going to have four different teams and i uh, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but one of those teams is ripping you off. Uh, Yeah, it's just it's just the law of averages. Unfortunately, I definitely would do four units. Four units actually might be enough to get you a discount on property management. Maybe not. Maybe Uh, I would definitely. Plus, it allows you to stay focused. Right. The one reason I've been able to grow our portfolio and pivot right houses, apartments, mixed use. Now I'm building. I'm going to be building ADUs this year is because i have a team experience network uh, it's constantly growing very happy with it uh, i like concentration i think warren buffett uh had a saying back in the day diversification it actually might have been his partner who's his partner's name warren buffett and why am i drawing a blank on his name Anyways, basically, diversification are, is for the stupid. Basically, uh, what, what they recommend is put all your eggs in one basket and watch the freaking basket. Uh, it is far easier to watch the freaking basket if you're in one city or one location. That's what I've chosen. Uh, I've looked at a state several different times. I never wanted to build um, another. Um, I never want to build another team. Oh, GFC is global financial crisis. I thought the F was a very different word. (laughs) That's funny. Let me go back and see if I want to change my answer. I I thought we were trying to be funny with GFC, not just the global financial crisis. Let me see. Where are we? Where was that question? So I, I, I used the index to avoid the global financial crisis. Okay, now I get it. Where did the question go, Michael? You use forty billion to avoid, yeah, global financial crisis level events, but do you use it to gauge normal? Got it. Yeah. So my answer stays the same. Okay. Great financial. Yeah. I, I. Sorry, but sorry guys. I I was thinking there was a more colorful word for the F in that, but I just couldn't put it together. So my bad. Uh, you mentioned the big money is looking in Bakersfield. Well, actually, I shared an article of big money looking in Bakersfield. Yep, I think the city has a lot of potential, close to the mountains, desert, and decently close to the ocean. I was just in Temecula. T- yeah, it could be nice. Yeah, yeah. It's also two hours from LA, I think. I think um, I think the demise of California is greatly exaggerated. Frankly, I'm one of the ones that talking about a million people leaving. I think the Silicon Valley is in trouble. No question. I think the fact that VC money is down 30% in the Bay Area and it's going elsewhere is a problem. However, I've, I've already seen in Fresno, again, big network, there's a lot of Bay Area and it's really Southern California folks are moving inland. right? I think the median house in Fresno today is like 425, 430. And it's a nice house. Um, so I think Bakersfield is probably, I'm going to guess a little lower, but again, I've never looked, probably 400, maybe 380. You can get a lot of, you can get a lot of house in Fresno and Bakersfield. And if you can work remote, you can still live in California and it's just cheaper. So I think Inland Empire, Central Valley, a lot of upside. Yeah. And there's a lot of money. There's a lot of people moving there instead of out of state. Yep. Yeah. Oops, late again. Good morning, everyone. Hi, Paulie. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey, better hairstyles in the 40s. Yeah, no question. Yeah, Jeffrey, waiting in gas lines for uh, lines at 4 a.m. I remember sitting in a car and having my dad push the car to get gas because we'd move like two cars at a time. The 70s were horrible. I am afraid we are in that situation again. And it's just starting. We are... There's a lot of people that are still partying like it's the 60s. Yeah, not good. Odd and even days with license plate. I remember that too. Uh, Okay. Gas was cheaper. Sure. Yep. Have I experienced any times where rent went down? Uh, So not rent per se, but the rent equivalent. What do I mean by that? In 2006, it was the worst time to be a landlord. I declined tenants for credit and income, and they got approved for a house. So what did I have to do? Rent stayed even from 2005, but I had to give a month off. I had to give half off deposit. I had to do anything I could to get tenants moved in. So the only time I've seen real rent um, pressure was when everybody was buying a home, 2006. Yes, 2000, 2005, 2006 were soft rents. Yes. Yeah, lots of Bay Area money coming to Boise. Yeah, Boise has been crazy. Oh, 10 gallon limit. I don't remember that one. That's funny. Annuities are awful. Okay. Uh, would you have UK having negative cash flow for 10 to 14 months because of existing tenants at a far below market rate? So I think what you're saying is you found a deal. Those tenants are locked into a lease and you can't give them out. But once their lease is up, uh, you can um, raise the rent. That's what I think you're saying. So, um, God, 10 or 14 months, that's, that's a long time. I don't know. That's a long time. You you have a follow-up comment. I think I would try to do cash for keys and put that in my, um, I would use that in the spreadsheet as a cost, right? One of the make ready costs. And yes, I have a property manager, so they do all of these things. Yeah. Uh, cash for keys. I have paid anywhere from, well, I paid a lot actually. So let's, let's, so in a normal environment, it's I've paid up to two times rent, two times rent. So if rent's twelve hundred, I paid up to twenty four. Back in the day of REOs, I actually paid five grand one time to get to get a squatter out because of squatter rights in California is crazy. But yeah, two times rent. Yeah, two times rent. Uh, as far as eviction, uh, I think evictions now are almost a thousand bucks yeah I think evictions are almost a thousand bucks. but again, check check with your location. but yeah, I think I want to say eight ninety five, but let's just call it a thousand bucks for rounding. And again, I do none of those things. Um, yeah, beauty of having property manager. Oh yes, Lumberjack. Charlie Munger, thank you. God why did I draw a blank on that? Chester, if the purpose of an annuity is cash flow, get rentals with amazing cash on cash return, yeah you guys are doing the annuities question yet, but I'm not getting snookered into the financial advice issue. I can only tell you what I have done. Daniel, can you explain, talk about first and second position lien holders when doing creative financing? Uh, Basic. Yeah. So I don't know. Let's say there's an asset. It could be, it could be a car. It could be a painting. It could be a house. It could be anything. You're going to, you know, I don't know. You're going to take a loan to buy the phone. Somebody's going to give you 80%. Let's call the phone a 1,000 bucks. Somebody gives you, oh, turn that off. Why'd that turn on? Um, somebody gives you, what I say, 1,000? 800 bucks for the phone, but for whatever reason, you don't have the extra 200, so somebody else gives you 200. That 200 is in second position. Um, the first is the 800. The 200 will likely be, or should be, at a much higher interest rate because it is in second position. Basically, if the first forecloses, the second is wiped out. That is why a lot of second mortgages went poof in the last financial crisis. Right. So the only way the second protects their 200, if the person wants to foreclose or take the phone back, is they have to pay off the first. It's the right who has the rights. So a second on a phone is obviously a very weak position. A second on a house is a pretty weak position. Uh, but people do it for higher rates. Yeah. And again, if the first forecloses, the second is gone yeah, or can be gone if the value is not there. Yeah. Good morning, any tips for getting money out of a traditional IRA for a down payment without getting killed with taxes and penalties? Um, there was something in the JOBS Act, I think, but I think that's since expired. Uh, there's actually in my course, there's an IRA person. I have never done that. I, I, when I left work, I actually cashed in my 401ks instead of converting. So I'm not your guy. I I unfortunately have never done that. I paid the penalty and bought a bunch of real estate. Uh, so I, I don't know, no tax advice from me. I haven't done it, Uh, but I can tell you there's an IRA guy in my course who has some, some ideas. Yeah. Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. Thank you. Yeah, Charlie Munger, 97, man. Talk about a crabby old man who doesn't care. Wouldn't you like to be a billionaire and just say whatever you want? It's pretty awesome. Uh, how can two people partner to buy rentals? I keep hearing about partners but don't know how they make it happen. Well, first off, they probably set up a LLC. They set up an entity. It should be like a marriage where you actually talk about the divorce first. How do you break apart? Uh, I have never done partners. I don't want the extra risk because uh, life events happen: marriages, divorces, job losses. Uh, I, I, I personally don't see the advantage of having 50-50 partners. I will borrow money, but that's a note, not a partner. Um, but yeah, I, I um, yeah, I'm not a big. I, I think. I think partners are one of those things that are sexy. Hey, I got a friend that's got the money and I don't have any money. So I'm going to partner where I'm going to do the work and he's going to have the money. And then one person gets upset and the other person gets upset. I think that's one of the great, um, I, I, I most partnerships don't work out in my history. There's some do, but most don't. Anthony, if you do an ADU on your primary to make it a rental, do you get to write off depreciate the ADU at the end of the year? So I talked to um, cost segregation on Wednesday. He certainly alluded to that. Uh, It would only be portions of the ADU because it is construction. Uh, You'd have to talk to your CPA to figure out, but there will be some of it uh, that you can write off. Yes. Uh, You can actually write off some of the construction. You're actually talking about the depreciation. You will be able to depreciate the ADU. I would absolutely think so. Not your house, though. Not your house. Your primary, no. But yeah, there should be some value in that ADU that you can depreciate. Yeah. Again, talk to your CPA, but that seems like a pretty certain... Yeah. I mean, that's in the IRS tax code. Yeah. As long as it produces income... What? Right. You called it a rental. So good. My wife and I have never had a 401k, but she she can get a match at her job. Would it be advantageous for her to start one for purposes of buying rentals? Would the fees and taxes negate the strategy? Uh, John, I don't know your situation, your age, your savings, any of that stuff. So it's I, financial advice is not where I play. Uh, but I can tell you what I did. I always always got the company match. And that is because I always wanted to borrow for my 401k. So in my case, once my 401k got to, I think it was 40,000, it might've been 50,000. So it's not right away. There are some limit. Once my 401k got to that balance, I was able to borrow against it. And the beauty is you can borrow 50%. So let's just say I put in 20, My company put in 20 and then I could borrow my 20 back. That seemed like a no brainer to me. So that's what I did. I borrowed for my 401k a dozen times, 10 times, 10 to 12 times. Very good. But it's not for everyone. I don't know your situation. Don't know your cash flow. Don't know this. Don't know that. Uh, But it was very helpful for us. But remember, for the first couple of years, you can't do that because your amount is not big enough. There's some kind of limit. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm glad you got it. Got my books. Yeah, You're going to post a selfie. Thank you for that. Yes, uh, uh, 100% yield. Always contributing enough to get the match. Not anything more. My two cents. Yep. Barrier money coming to San Diego, too. Yeah, man, San Diego. Oof. Talk about perfect weather. I think it's like, isn't there like a, I think I heard someone say it's like there's 280 days where the weather's like 78 degrees or something. San Diego's beautiful, just great weather. Everybody's so freaking healthy there too. We went to San Diego a lot when I was in sales and it was like, everybody's fit. It's it's like crazy. Uh, Lumberjack, does a trust, does a trust, is that a good way to keep title instead of an LLC? Can you get conventional loans with a trust? Yeah. So again, talk to your lenders, but trusts are very um, common. A lot of people put their own home, right? Owner-occupied homes in trusts. So uh, talk to your lender. But yeah, trusts are very, very common. It's a very common thing. Hey, Stephen, how are you? Ultimate Bargains, FYI, there are private investors who buy or originate seconds, especially in appreciating markets. Yep. Yes, I have no issues getting loans in my trust. Yeah, me neither. On the tenant lease, is it just your PM and tenant named on the lease? Uh, As opposed to who? Yeah, are you saying, am I named on the lease? My name doesn't show up anywhere. I think that's what you're asking. Uh, Angel, thoughts of buying investment properties with two positions, hard money in first, private in second for down payment and rehab, refi in three months or sooner instead of waiting six months for a typical seasoning period. Angel, I think that is a wonderful idea on paper. I have known dozens of new investors to try it. Every single one except one uh, wasn't able to refi out the second private money. Burr is one of these ideas that bigger pockets push as the answer for everything. Unfortunately, Burr is harder than most people think. A refi appraisal is very different than a purchase appraisal. Three-month difference from first purchase to next value is very hard for an appraiser to do because appraisers look back six months on refis, not three. Again, mathematically, Angel, it is a genius idea. In practice, 98% of the people that I know have tried it have either A, had to sell the property, or B, had to somehow negotiate with the private second to stay in second position. Which, oh, by the way, your new first is not going to like. So it is one of those ideas that look great on paper, can get you so excited. Yay, no money in the deal. No money in the deal. I'm a genius. Very hard to do in practice. But if you can make it work, like one or two people I know, it's wonderful. It's just harder than people think. Hey, Donna. Hi, we moved to the Bay Area a year ago and haven't had luck buying a house yet. Bay Area is, yeah, stupid, crazy. Um, I don't recommend ever overpaying for a house. I I mean, there's so many, so many variables, Dana, in that question. Uh, So A, you've just moved to the Bay Area. Do you plan to live here for five, eight, 10, 30 years? If you're going to live here for 30 years, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. If you're going to be here for three to five years, I certainly wouldn't sign up for one of these crazy payments. Um, So really, it's how long do you plan to stay? And it's, I, I don't know that answer in your question. Uh, but I do get the frustration. Uh, I do think it's cheaper to rent than buy today. Uh, you know what, Donna, Dana? Dana um, we could be heading into a technology recession. And I lived here during the dot-com crash. And let's just say real estate stopped. I know it's hard to believe, but computer scientists and engineers, you all can get laid off. If that happens, the Bay Area will be in trouble. We shall see. Yeah, but I'm, I wouldn't be eager to overpay for something. Unless I'm going to live there for decades. No, they sell. Found a 70% deal with very little work, but seller wants to close in two weeks. Can't go traditional financing uh, because just appraisals are taking longer than that. Any other options for me? Yeah, you got to go non-QM probably. Even non-QM would be tough in two weeks. Um, you can go private money. You can write a check. Yeah. Traditional is not going to work. Um, yeah, your best, your best bet is going to be non-QM or worst case hard money. I'd be, I'd want to know why he wants out in two weeks. That's a red, I mean, why does he want to close in two weeks? What's magical about two weeks? I just want to know that maybe there's a good reason. Maybe he's moving to Europe or Asia and he just wants it gone. I don't know. I'd want to know why two weeks though. Yeah, hard money loan. Yeah, yeah. Yep, hard money. Yeah. Well, you got a seventy percent deal. Yep. Some of the things you gotta you gotta choose. Uh, when you quit your job, did you have an outstanding four hundred one k loan? I did. I did have an outstanding 401k loan, yes, and which point I I think, I think I wrote a check and paid it off, uh, and then I cashed out like a month later, so I paid the penalty. Uh, basically, uh, Rob, you have to calculate your payback period. Right, the pay the point's gonna cost you four grand. How long does it take you to earn back that? I, I Most of the time, I want to see it pay back in two years or less. Uh, in this case, in my scenario, I think it was like almost three years, so a little bit longer. But I knew I wanted that building forever, so I did it. What type of trusts do you all use? Again, yeah, um, I think they're called irre- irre- irrevocable trusts. But again, I talk to an attorney every Monday, Dana uh, from Mott Legal, um, these are questions you should ask an attorney, especially an estate attorney, because they're all not created equal and everybody's situation is different. So for any of us to give you legal or accounting advice is a miscarriage of justice, but yeah. Uh, I just received a refi appraisal that was 30 K lower than the previous appraisal 12 months ago. Shocker. We asked for another one. Yep. Brief. Yeah, it can happen. Refi appraisals are different than purchase appraisals. They just are. Yep. Uh, can you walk through the affordability formula one more time? My system does not issue affordability mix that I know of. I need to create my own. Again, it's a pretty complex scenario, but basically it is average house, average income, and interest rate. And always assume 20% down. It's a pretty complex formula. I don't know what state you're in, uh, but I would go to your realtor site. So mine in California is at car.org, C-A-R, California Association of Realtor. Every state that I ever looked at, their their realtors collect it because it's part of their thing. So if you're in Texas, go look at Texas Association of Realtors. If you're in Michigan, the same. That's where I would go. Uh, Do you expect another red-hot spring like last year? Seemed like May was the hottest I've ever seen it. Uh, For me, it was April was the hottest, but same deal, right? I actually expect right now to be crazy hot. I actually expect the next six to 10 weeks to be very much like April or May. We have no inventory, record low inventory, and we have first-time home buyers that are just nutty scared because rates moved. That's why I'm telling real estate investors to be very careful. Um, But I expect the next six to 10 weeks to be nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Prop 13 in California makes one more variable in my spreadsheet constant, but doesn't apply to other states where property taxes are always rising slowly, but surely. Uh, Yeah. I like Prop 13. Prop 13, good. Uh the four units uh but live elsewhere. Good advice basket. Yep. Desktop appraisals are now legit. Fanny is accepting them for a subset of properties. Yes, I heard that. How are you enjoying going to the office again? Ah uh, uh, I'll enjoy it more once it's set up. Yeah. Uh do you have an idea thoughts on an ideal rental house type single-story brick, two-story stick? No. Not at all. Every every location is different. Uh, like you don't see you don't see brick in California, at least not very often. Um, I want the highest yield. I mean, I'm serious when I compare a one bedroom, one bath house, 512 square feet with 20 unit apartments. I do that all the time. I will buy the best yield. In fact, if you want to know what has the lowest turnover, one bedroom, one bath houses. Don't ask me why they have crazy low turnover. I have six or eight one bedroom, one bath houses. Now they don't make them obviously. So these are older homes, but I bet you those things don't turn over for a decade. Yeah, they just don't. All right. So I got all the questions. Thank you for that. Uh, um, Again, I guess the one thing I want to make sure I hit uh, is I do expect the next six to 10 weeks. So from January 22nd to I don't know. March, middle of March, maybe end of March. April, you know, it's going to be pretty crazy. I think first-time homebuyers are spooked by rising rates. You have all these people on the sidelines now rushing in. So be careful. They they can overpay. Uh, they're also not looking at the numbers. A lot of first-time homebuyers will overpay. As investors, do not get in bidding wars. Know your numbers. Don't turn a great deal bad. Don't even turn a good deal average. Know your numbers, do the work, um, all of that stuff. So let's see if I got any more questions before I go. Uh, Why is multifamily so hot? Grant Cardone, bigger is better. Everybody thinks that. It's not true, but that's what people think. Uh, Do I have an opinion on the high desert? No, I don't. Omar's territory, no idea. I I don't know. I don't know. It never looked. I stay in my lane. I I believe you can find great deals everywhere. Um, So, uh, yep, I'm going to call it here. I'm going to take a five minute break. And if you're one of my students, I will see you in the Facebook group in about six minutes. Take care. Like, subscribe, share, become part of the channel. Have an amazing day. Bye bye.